Welcome to another episode of Blokes Watch Movies. It's episode four. Thank you for joining us once again. As always, I am joined by my co-hosts, friends, fellow movie watchers, and in this instance, nemesis, Jimmy and David. Jim and David, how are you today? How you doing, Jimbo? How you doing, Mark? I'm, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm ready. Today we are doing an episode, The Great Debate, Stallone Movies. We have all picked a Stallone movie that we've watched and we're going to defend. And the other two are going to attack. But it's going to be heated. But I want to do it in a courtroom fashion to keep it organised, strict and disciplined. Overseeing the court case is our good friend from school, who we mentioned before in previous episodes, Judge Ralph. Uh, Judge Ralph, how are you today? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. I'm overseeing this from my conservatory. Uh, I hope you all behave Amicably. Thanks, Ralph. This is the first time we've had Ralph. Ralph is pretty much like the, the Tunisian Judge Window. Would you agree? I <laughs> think that's a little bit uncalled for. <laughs> so, here we go. Um, who wants to put their case forward first? Um, I'm more than happy to. Okay, to go um, ahead. Ralph, um, uh, over to you. Um, okay, David, if you're. Willing to put your case forward, please stand. Okay, uh, thank you, Judd. When I was asked to choose a Stallone film, obviously we we pretty much said it can't be Rocky, can't be a Rambo. And I thought, the first thing I thought of was Over the Top. But then I thought, it was probably has won an Oscar. But um, thankfully, it didn't. Um, so I could use it today. It's most probably in my top 10 favorite films amazingly it's imdb rating is actually quite low the lowest of all three films that we're talking about today but um judge i'm sure you're i'm sure that you're not going to be misled by the majority how can i how can i put this it has it all we have acting out of this world. I mean, I mentioned him a couple of episodes ago, Robert Legia. I mean, he's fantastic in Scarface. He's even better in Over the Top. Not just the passion, the enthusiasm he has. Just when he says the word, Michael. You know, <laughs> I have never said Michael normally since. Other than <laughs> It's always Michael. Um, but we have obviously Robert Legia, who, who adds who adds to every film he's ever been in. Another thing that Stallone, all Stallone films, the best ones do have, the soundtrack. There's, there's, there's three classic songs in Over the Top, which I still listen every day on the way to work to motivate me. But the, the film pretty much starts off, Sylvester Stallone plays the lead character, Lincoln Hawke. What a great, a great name as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so he sort of like drives like a big truck just working out you know using his truck sort of doing one-armed pull-ups you know with, with the, to the front of his truck you sort of realize that he's got a, a an estranged relationship with his son who is going to collect and and in effect the film is pretty much about 
a man who wants to achieve his dream of being the best arm wrestler in the world and secondly building a relationship with his son with obviously Robert Legia who plays the if you can call it the bad guy in the film who who wants custody of Lincoln Hawk's boy because he's the grandfather and and along the way we have we have it all a bit of humor fights arm wrestles again soundtrack the odd the odd appearance from a WWF wrestler which as a kid did add something seeing Sylvester Stallone punch Terry Funk is something I doubt any of your films have um, <laughs> but um, but I I couldn't believe genuinely just how it seems I sort of am a little bit not necessarily alone but not many people put it on the pedestal that that I do but Obviously, I'll let I'll let you two talk about your films, and then we'll we'll. I think we should have an open debate. I like to let you know that I dictate the way the trial goes. You've made your case for the defence. I would like to then hear the case for the prosecution, and then we'll move on to the next film. David, thank you very much for your time. I will just state that um, I am here to oversee this procedure, and I want to hear facts. I don't want to know how it made you feel. I want to hear facts. Okay, thank you. Who would like to go first from the from the prosecution? I, I don't mind, Jim. Do you want to go or shall I go? Uh, no, after you, sir. Thank you, Honourable Judge Rauth. Thank you, Jimmy. So, the reason why Over the Top is a terrible film, David just explained. It's about a bum who abandons his son to go driving around the country and be a failure of an arm wrestler. Because up until the point at the end of the movie, he's a failure. <laughs> So he has one success at the end, but we forget about all his failures, do we? Do we forget about them? This is the why, this is why his sensible granddad is worried about giving custody of his grandson to this man. He doesn't have the ability to look after himself. He doesn't have any self-confidence because he doesn't believe he can win. In fact, I would also go to the point and say that he's the kind of character that cheats. Because if you watch him in the arm wrestle, he changes his grip to get an advantage. Now, to me, that doesn't seem like fair play. Well, can I can I talk, Judge? If, if you've got something to say to come back to that, that's fine, David. Yeah. I just want to add that the technique used by Lincoln Hawk is completely and utterly legitimate. legitimate. Objection. <laughs> Objection. Objection, Your Honour. <laughs> uh, why are you objecting, Mark? Who is he to testify what the regulatory rules are for the world arm wrestling situation? Is he a judge? Uh, he has a good point there, David. You really are pathetic. Um, also, I'd like to say that... Have, have any of you ever seen or participated in competitive arm wrestling before? Because this is a film about it, which I'm assuming it must be a big sport, but I've never seen it, not even on Eurosport. In fact, it didn't even show up on Trans World Sport. And they had Kabaddi. Listen, if I know for a fact that there is... I've seen the final of the world... I'll slap you in the face <laughs> and see if you get So I'm pretty yeah. sure that there is a professional arm wrestling championship. Um, permission to uh, volunteer some trivia, uh, Judge? Go ahead, Jamia. Go ahead. In the run-up to this uh, trial, I actually did look up some trivia around uh, all three of these movies, and I found out that while there wasn't a actual arm wrestling tournament on the level of what is pitched in in this movie the producers actually staged one for the purpose of filming stock oh. footage 
to go around the scenes of Stallone's fictitious arm wrestling. I, I couldn't tell you whether that has continued, but if it wasn't a thing before Over the Top, Over the Top made it a thing. I, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. The, the, the reason why I say that is there's a the, the one of the, the, the top arm wrestlers in the film, Bosco, I'm pretty sure. I thought I, as I, I'm going to have to do research. Maybe if one of you are at a laptop, look it up. But Bosco in Over the Top, I thought was the world no, arm wrestling champion. Sorry, sorry, David. Gen- Excuse me. I think you totally <laughs> misunderstood what the right honourable Jimmy just said. Then he said he didn't say that there wasn't an arm wrestling championship. He said there wasn't one to that scale. He said that they made that big event. If he was the world arm wrestling champion, I'm, I'm assuming what Jimmy meant was that. It was a much smaller event for him to become so, but the film made it of more grandeur. Is that correct, Jimmy? Yes, that that is what I was implying. And to David's point, I'm just looking up Bosco. He was played by a man called Sam Scarber, who was uh, an NFL player, uh, not an arm wrestler. So that wasn't a fact either. (laughs) Uh, If you you continue down this line, David, uh, I'm afraid I will have to hold you in contempt. I need facts, okay? Thank you. is a joke maybe maybe it weren't bosco <laughs> i'm gonna be a computer next episode Something. okay moving forward so i've had i think i've had enough information and detail about those films that was over the top stallone just one uh, moment can i can i make uh, one more case for the prosecution on on over the top oh i'd love that thank you okay frankly the the script is uh, is an absolute disaster uh, beginning with the the actual premise of the movie i mean you know mike's dying mother agrees to let the father mike has never seen before drive him cross country in a truck she does this knowing that her dad is going to show up to pick him up and then is going to be wondering you know what's going on and a military school agrees to let a stranger take one of their students away and on the you know with, within an hour they've pulled over by the freeway Mike, who has lost one um, sleeve of his army jacket, runs across several lanes of traffic, running away from a trailerless lorry, being chased by the driver of that lorry, being dragged back to that lorry. And no one on this freeway stops to ask, Oi, what's going on? I mean, mean, not being funny, Your Honour, but that screams sex pest. (laughs) A young boy running across a motorway from a truck driver. I'm getting the feeling I'm going to be ganged up on here, am I? Uh, David, I don't, I, I don't think you can look at it. This is, a, this is a reputable case. I don't think you can look at it be ganged up. I think we've just all got to state the facts. And Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to someone looking up the health and safety, um, clear health and safety breaches in Cliffhanger. Uh, David, I think we're getting a little bit off subject here. At the moment, we're talking about over the top. We, you, you'll have your time when um, Cliffhanger comes around. Thank you. Sorry, Jimmy, can you continue? Just to further my point. Your Honour, that you know, the script needed a lot of work. There is examples of bad parenting throughout. And further to the you know, horrendous parenting on display on the freeway, there is a quite traumatic experience where Link puts his kid up for an arm wrestling match against a much bigger boy who's clearly going to break his arm and clearly when the kid does not want to be involved. And it's parenting by, by numbers. It's parenting by script writing beats it's not an actual human connection not like you know what we've seen stallone do with you know his own scripts for rocky and his son 
it's I'm, I'm am I the only one of the three who's dead ever took them to a greasy spoon and put them in an arm whistle? I can't be. Seriously? It's called Life Lessons, Jim. And yes, you too, Mark. Okay? He's a spoiled little brat. He's gone to his military school. David, David, I, I've already explained who wants. You will have your time to talk. Please do not interrupt Jimmy while he makes his case. Okay? It's your last warning while we'll hold you in contempt. Thank you, Judge. I will leave with this part in shop, which is that, no, my dad did not take me to um, any greasy spoons and put me in any arm wrestling matches, but, yeah, my dad would never tell me anything as hackneyed as, the world meets nobody halfway. <laughs> and with that, I yield. <laughs> Another life lesson there from Lincoln Hawk. No, no nonsense, pure facts. What, do, what does that even mean? <laughs> it means you've got to go and grab it. You've got to go and grab everything. You know, you know what? No one's going to give anything to you. He's a spoiled brat. That's what the whole point I'm making. Lincoln Hawk's trying to teach him life lessons. I've said it a hundred times. And it's basically his way of just saying, listen, son, if you want to achieve it, you've got to go and get it. It ain't going to meet you halfway. Go grab it. Because th that is exactly what Lincoln Hawk did with his life. By abandoning his mother, abandoning his woman and his child. He left them halfway. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> he wrote every week to that boy. Every week. Okay, but listen, I'm not going to sit here and constantly have to fend this this well that, that is actually what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> I don't need to. this is the point i mean i don't need to everything's there please jimmy, jimmy can you continue please so how will we get the verdict at, at, at the end i will make the verdict i will take deliberation and, and let you know what my thoughts are have you, have you have you got any more facts for me please prosecution's case rests thank you very much james um i'm just going to get an espresso give me one moment Okay, I'm ready for the next defence. Who, who's next? Uh, I will approach the bench, Your Honour. Okay, James. Whenever you're ready, please. Your Honour, I uh, I approach with um, a rather difficult task um, this morning. Uh, as as fans of Sylvester Stallone will know, it is often difficult but enjoyable to defend some of the movies that he has made, and particularly defend your own enjoyment of them. Uh, I find myself today in the position of uh, defending a movie that I admit is is hard to defend. This is a movie that does not entirely stand up to logical scrutiny. It is filled with dated, dated attitudes towards women, dated attitudes towards masculinity, dated attitudes towards sexuality. And That's the only good things about the film. Can you please wait? You please wait, David. Wait. This is ridiculous. And without meaning to uh, get ahead of any of the charges that my esteemed peers are going to make in their rebuttals, uh, I have to acknowledge that this is an action movie that features action that is not especially dynamic, and in one case ripped off entirely from a Jackie Chan movie. For all of its uh, flaws, I uh, appeal to you and any lingering affection you have for Mr. Stallone's near 50 years of work, particularly his Rocky and Rambo and Expendable series, uh, to overlook those flaws and uh, acknowledge that this movie had a troubled production 
yeah, so troubled that it's it's a miracle that the movie is as cohesive as it is. I mean, you know, you will look on the posters and on the DVD covers and see Celeste Sloan posing with Kurt Russell, but he was originally supposed to be posing with Patrick Swayze, who dropped out to do Roadhouse. Quite possibly the best career choice that Mr. Swayze <laughs> ever made, but not not to the benefit of of this production. And so I put to you that in no movie in Stallone's oeuvre will you see him you know, playing uh, an essentially a feat character. He's he's speaking in a much more mannered style. He you know is is a world away from his monosyllabic Rocky and, and Rambo roles. And you know, Tango and Cash actually shows Sly Stallone taking risks as an actor in, in ways that he he never has before. Yeah, you know, he gives an identical performance in Over the Top to you know, what he had done two years previously in in Rocky Four and, and would go on to do in, in Rocky Five and. He, he's not trying to stretch himself, but in this he is trying to stretch himself. He's he's trying to, he's playing he's playing buttoned up. He's playing restrained. It, it's something entirely new. He's he's stepping out of his comfort zone. Now, granted, it might not entirely play to his strengths, but you cannot deny there is a charm in seeing him try, especially playing opposite the endlessly charismatic you know Kurt Russell, whose you know, whose charm more than carries the whole movie all by itself. I mean, yeah, like you know, Kurt Russell can have chemistry with himself, and the two of them together make for a just a just a dynamite pairing. And we wish that it would have been in a genuinely, genuinely excellent movie, but we're happy that it's in a perfectly serviceable movie, and a perfectly serviceable movie, you know, that doesn't take itself too seriously and is less than ninety minutes long. It doesn't take up most of your day. At the end of the day, it's got sliced alone, busting heads on the highway, busting heads in prison, and busting heads in a factory, all the while going, <gasps> and I ask you, do you want anything more from Sylvester Stallone than that? I look forward to hearing the rebuttals. Um, thank you, Jimmy. I appreciated that. David, did you want to prosecute, or would you like Mark to go first? I just want to say, I watched, it was an hour and a half that seemed much longer. If you actually listen to what Jim just said, he's in effect, not in the movie, he's admitting that Kurt Russell is second choice. He's most probably third or fourth. He's then saying, oh, what Sylvester Stallone tried. He tried to do something different. The film is one big mistake. Okay, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, what's longer? The Lord of the Rings trilogy or the goofs? The amount of goofs on the IMDb page I have still haven't got to the bottom. The movie is one big mistake. I have no idea how anyone likes it. I have no idea how it scored 6.4 on IMDb, which is something that I'm seriously going to um, flag to them because I'm pretty sure it's a mistake. I'll give Kurt Russell a little bit of credit. I do love Big Trouble in Little China. But as far as I'm concerned, he's a one-hit wonder. This film is not, not even on the same level as Over the Top. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mark, would you like to go? Thank you, Your Honour. All right. So I want to start by saying my honourable friend Jimmy has, has made an attempt, like, and it uh, pains me to say that David is right. Trying isn't enough. I mean, I try to win the lottery every week, but I'm still broke. You, you can't put down trying as enough. Now, let me just talk about some scenarios in the film that reiterate why this film is so bad. Your Honour, if you saw a puddle of water on the floor, but you smelt gasoline, are you going to light a cigarette? 
Or are you going to make the assumption that that could be petrol, it could be water? Why take the risk? The very first scene in a movie, Mr. Stallone walks up to a gas tank, which he believes is filled with cocaine. And the police officers on top of the gas tank tell him it's full of gas. And yet he persists to shoot it to prove a point. Now, in my eyes, a more sensible way to prove a point maybe would be to stab it. Um, But knowing that there's already gasoline in it, it doesn't seem to make any sense run the possibility of even igniting that. And I put to you, Jimmy, you can answer this question. I know you don't have a sister, but if you had an extremely attractive sister who was a stripper in a nightclub and your arch nemesis was my right honourable friend David and you knew your sister had a thing for bad boys, at what point would you take David to meet your sister? Or would you, in fact, try and keep them as far apart as possible? Can you answer that, Jimmy? I have to concede. I, I, ha- I have to concede. It would be, it would be the latter option. Um, I, would, I would keep them as far away. Now, as I don't possible. know if you know this, Judge, but... To be fair, Jim, Jim does keep me away from all of his family and friends. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Judge, but I have a, a fear of, of rodents. And at the beginning of the film, the villain, we'll call him the villain, decides to put some rodents in a maze to symbolise how he's going to trap Tango and Cash. Now, this is he's a mastermind villain, and I don't quite understand how he goes through the rigmarole of setting them up. Why didn't he just shoot them? Or when they get to prison, why doesn't he just shoot them? Uh, why does he have to make them run through a maze? of tasks and ups and downs it's ludicrous it's ridiculous it wouldn't happen and that's what makes this film a mockery thank you it don't matter if you tried <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh, thank you mark thank you very much i was very passionate i'm um, gonna move on to anybody else have anything else to say about the last movie no okay we're gonna move on we're gonna move on to cliffhanger mr williams would you like to continue with cliffhanger thank you your honor so unlike the two action movies that these two guys have spoke about, I'm going to talk about a great emotional drama called Cliffhanger. Now, Cliffhanger in its essence is a film about mental health issues. And I think especially in lockdown, it's something we can all relate to. It's a film about a man who is suffering from PTSD. And he goes through a, a traumatic ordeal at the beginning of the film and he's finding it hard to cope with that. And I think Stallone portrays this very, very well. And the fact that he struggles with this, he still doesn't give up on his responsibility as uh, a rescueman to continue to try and help people. I can't see any fault in that. I think that's brave and I think that's honourable. And I think it's a good theme for a film. And anybody that says it's not, I would not like to see the responses on social media. So... In the movie, we continue to see Stallone try to help and assist a friend who he feels that he's let down. He has an emotional guilt towards, and he does his utmost to to kind of to get over his own guilt and make up to his friend to show how much he means to him. In doing so, he prevents a heist of epic proportions. In in extreme conditions, extreme weather conditions, he shows extreme skill. In, in the way that he manipulates and climbs the mountains. In essence, this is a great film. It's Oscar-worthy in terms of its script and, and Stallone's performance. And I don't think there's any re- anything really negative about it. I think it covers all aspects. He, he deals with extreme lack of oxygen and cold. 
he deals with the difficulty. See, I think that the the, the mountings in the movie are symbolic of the emotional guilt he's trying to overcome. Um, it's, it's it's a very moving film, and uh, and I don't think my my honourable friends will have anything negative to say about it. If I'm being totally honest, uh, I pass it over to them. What exactly is Stallone's? So he's he's a he's some sort of rescue. What is he? What what is it? What what exactly? M- M- Mountain rescue. Okay, and you've just got a scene that I'm pretty sure that all of us have gone through where it's just the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever seen in my life. I mean, we've got we've got a scene where a woman. None of us have ever dropped the other one's girlfriend off a cliff. You don't know what the emotional damage that would do. Objection, judge. I believe this is the prosecution's time. You, you are right, Jimmy. Mr. Williams, you've had your moment. Thank you. Thank you, James. Uh, thank you. It's it's just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. I actually put it on this week. The one plus was to see Merle from The Walking Dead with hair. I actually didn't remember that Merle from The Walking Dead was in Cliffhanger. Um, so it was like a pleasant surprise. Hey, it's Merle. We're going off subject. I mean, it's just Stallone to me, obviously, by this by this point, Cliffhanger is now, I'd say, on the downward curve. You know, he's had the major success, Rocky, over the top. And he's now just on that downward curve. He's now trying to just conjure up ridiculous professions. I mean, the boxer, the military, the the good guy put in prison. We, we've seen it all. By this point now, we're just, it's just clutching at straws. He's a mountain rescuer. Who, why does she die? What's she doing? Uh, am I allowed to answer this, Judge? Is the question aimed towards myself? I, I can take this. The script hinges on, frankly, a just very, very silly decision made by... Um, Michael Rooker's character Hal, who is supposedly a experienced mountain rescue man himself, and takes his novice girlfriend up to an impossible peak, and they get stranded up there when his knee blows out. So Stallone's Gabe has to go and rescue them, and during the rescue, Hal's girlfriend, whose name is slipping my mind, uh, Sarah, Hal's girlfriend Sarah, um, gets into some trouble, and Gabe is unable to save her, and she plummets to her death and this causes friction between Hal and Gabe because Hal did not think that the rescue approach was the correct one and he holds it against Gabe and Gabe is haunted by this. Hal as an experienced mountain rescueman should not have brought a novice up there just because he was trying to impress her. (laughs) This is just absolutely pathetic. I can't believe someone's even defending this. You would have been better off with Oscar Stop or my mum will shoot with the board from the Golden Girls. Because this is just pathetic. And I, I can't even entertain this nonsense. I honestly think that we should just throw Mark up right now. Sorry, Your Honour. I just want to, to, to just clarify that what they're saying is a mountain climber climbing up a mountain is more ridiculous than a truck driving international arm wrestling star. Is that is that what we're saying? Yes. <laughs> Because I can tell you now, okay, I may be the only one who's dead. I, 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 I don't know if this is possible, but I, I assume that mountain rescue people climb up mountains. That's what they do. No? Well, I mean, there's, there's, they don't take people. novices. They don't take novices that high. I'm not being funny, Jimmy, but I took Mitchell to Caesars and we know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> but am I right in saying that she's actually petrified? I mean,. Would the, the, what the what I just didn't understand is what's the point? Oh, Hal's trying what? to get laid. 
It's that, that's the point. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. It's basically... <laughs> I, 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 sorry, Owen, I don't know. Neither of these two mentioned, gentlemen have mentioned Stallone yet. They're all going on about how. But by extension, we're mentioning his career choices, so I think I think this can stand, Your Honour. I, I, I agree with you, James. Yeah, totally continue, please. Continue, James David. Mark, it's your last warning. Uh, um, Mr O'Reilly, would you like me to go, or do you have more? No, no you go. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I just need to calm down. You go ahead, Jim. Okay. Thank you. Well, if anything, the screenplay for this movie tries to do far too much. So, you know, you have Gabe's redemptive arc, you have his relationship with the female lead. You have his burgeoning conflict with Hal, which Hal forgets about and remembers depending on the plot. You have uh, John Lithgow's character's criminal names. You have the corrupt FBI agent played by Rex Lynn, who seems to always play cops. An FBI agent, that is true, actually. I've actually got that in my notes. Does this do any guy do anything but play an FBI? I distinctly remember him from Rush Hour. Um, yeah, yeah, he's in my shower. He was a recurring, <laughs> he was, he was a recurring character in uh, CSR Miami. He's given the same performance uh, in all of he them. He was a sheriff and... in Texas, Walker, Texas Ranger. He was a sheriff in that as well. Yes, although I, I will give uh, Rexling credit, he has recently recently branched out with his uh, gruff Texan character in Better Call Saul. Uh, he's he's rather entertaining um, oh, in yeah. medical sort. He's not playing a cop. He's playing uh, an a oil bank owner, made, made a soda. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a bank, he's called. Yeah, bank owner. Yeah, That's bank. Right. Yeah, bank owner. I forgot about that. Yes, but uh, to, to return. That's it. That's right. Yes. Sorry. Uh, to return to my uh, charge, yeah, with with the script moving at such a clip, yeah, you know, the characters you know, can never really feel more like archetypes. So as good as the action is, the caliber of actors. You know, do a lot of good work to draw you in but unfortunately there just isn't the emotional heft that there is in some of Stallone's best work. There's only so much rock climbing and running and jumping and explosions you can watch before you start to feel a little bit numb and even the brilliant and admittedly brilliant opening sequence does not really do enough to set up the emotional trauma to get you to really really root for Stallone's Gabe and given that Stallone has you know his career is founded on playing the underdog that you root for at all times it's very very strange to spend two hours and ten minutes with a character who you're not really worried about because he seem he always seems very very competent and very very very, very capable, and he never really seems like he's in a great deal of danger, especially when he's coming up against a group of international criminals whose number includes Craig Fairbrass. And it's just it's just a mismatch, and that may, perhaps that's why they really play up the, the mountainous location, because yeah, maybe a mountain can beat Sylvester Stallone. John Lithgow certainly can't. Um, Judge... I hope you just listen to what Jimmy just said there. Stallone's at his best when he's the underdog, okay? Fact. You know, Jimmy's just said it. Is he the underdog in Tango and Cash? Is he the underdog in Cliffhanger? No. Is he the underdog in Over the Top? Yes. Not just in one. Not just with regards to the arm in competition, where you've got a massive favourite. The guy that's won it three years on the trot, undefeated, He's also the underdog with his son. The son wants to go and live with his grandfather. It's a double underdog story. Jim, you just remember exactly what Jim's just said when you make your decision, Judge Ralph. 
Is it the best when he's the underdog? Cliffhanger. Uh, David, I'm going to ignore everything you've just spoken about because at the moment you're the prosecution. And what you're doing there is a closing statement and we haven't got to that stage yet. So if you want to go back through that at the end, then feel free. But at the moment, I'm just I'm just going to ignore everything you've just said. I, I don't you. want to repeat myself. Um, Your Honour, before, before I close, I just want to, to, to rebuttal some of the things that they've said. Um, Jimmy raised Craig Fairbrass, a, a British actor who is British, talks with a British accent and uses colloquial words in the film such as slag. <laughs> which I think works very, 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 very well. Compared to, I think the character's name is Raquin or Raquin, who is the villain in Tango and Cash. And I don't know if he's supposed to be English or Australian. It's never really clear on on the accent. It's 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 all over the place. And yet he didn't he didn't feel free. Didn't want to mention that. However, Craig Fairbrass refers to soccer. He he, he lets us know that he's a striker. So these are all things of British culture that reiterate that his performance is legitimate. I think if no one in... What are you talking about? No one uses the word soccer in Britain. That just sums up exactly how... He was talking to an American, so that's what you would say when you were talking to an American. He also did something that you did do very often, David. He says, thank God for that, otherwise I was going to kill that bastard. So I would have thought you would have found that character very relatable. You're mixed race. <laughs> God have mercy. You really are. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think my case stands. I think that's it. I don't think I need to say anything else. Um, okay, thank you all of you. I am ready to hear closing statements if you want to make them, or I can deliberate and let you know my decisions while you both, or all three of you, discuss. I think from from my end, um, and and just so you know, as much as I am putting down Cliffhanger and Tango and Cash for the sake of 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 this argument and this episode, there's no doubt in that they they've both got positive points. But to me, there's a there's a clear winner, um, and and it's, and it's over the top. You know, one thing that none of you have mentioned is is the emotion that 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 you feel um, that you felt when you watched Tango and Cash or Cliff, Cliffhanger. The one thing that none of you used to mention with your films, uh, and I think is is a key point in why Over the Top um, deserves to win, is is also because of the emotion. You know, you get emotionally involved with Over the Top. Again, with different fronts. I mean, the scene, the hugging scene with his son at the end brought me to tears. Not just the first time I've watched it, but still still the fifth, sixth and seventh. Um, it, 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 to me, it ticks more boxes overall. The quality of actor, as much, I mean, as, much as you can... I, I, I do appreciate uh, John Lithgow, um, Robert DeGia, tick. Um you know, to me, over the top, hands down. Jimmy's also admitted earlier on in this episode what what makes a good Stallone film. He's actually, so please, you can discount straight away Tango and Cash. It's, to me, it's between Cliffhanger and Over the Top. And I think we both know the winner. Judge, I don't really even want to listen to them too. I think you should just make your mind now, announce it so we can just go home. I think I'd like to hear from the other two parties. We've got to do this fair and just.
Thank you. I'm not going to be railroaded by you in this situation, David. It has happened before, but it won't happen today. Jimmy, go ahead, please. Uh, thank you, Your Honour. Um, I uh, thank you for allowing me to speak to one of the great guilty pleasures of the 80s uh, this evening. And I share my esteemed colleague's affection for uh, all three of the movies that we have discussed today. But I put to you that in neither of my friend's selections do we get the full force of irony-free 80s star charisma, as we do in Tango and Cash. It is, it is just a fun time, a fun hour and a half, where violence and chauvinism and unfettered masculinity were okay and permitted. And granted, we have rightly moved on, but it is time, it is fun to spend time in the simpler times. And the distinct serious tone attached to both Cliffhanger and Over the Top have to rule them out. Because we don't, we don't watch Sylvester Stallone movies to brood. And we don't watch Sylvester Stallone movies to see him be hyper-serious. We watch Sylvester Stallone movies to watch him kick heads and grunt and be a little bit unreconstructed. And so I put to you that of the three movies presented to you today, Tango and Cash is the most fun and is the one that should be exonerated. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Una. I will take my turn now. Um, I, I, I agree with what Jimmy's just said there, and I'm going to not discount any of these films. I'm going to let you make the decision, Your Honour, as I should. But I'm just going to state facts. Fact. Tango and Cash has Stallone, Russell, Hatcher, Jack Palance and James Hong all in the same movie. Big names. You would expect big performances. It's too much. It's too much. And it doesn't, it doesn't meet the remit. It doesn't, it doesn't provide. Now, over the top just gets discounted. It's, it's not even... I wouldn't even consider it a movie, and, and and I'm sorry to say that my esteemed colleague David has said that has referenced this as, as as a film for parenting. I mean that scares me in its own right. That this 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 is a reference point. Yes, there is a good performance in it by the grandfather, but the storyline is ridiculous, and he and. and Stallone never really fulfills his potential. He is better in the escapism of a big action movie, more so Tango and Cash, than he ever would be in Over the Top. In fact, the reason why the film is called Over the Top because the storyline is just over the top. We move forward to Cliffhanger. An all action, all drama. We see a sensitive side of Stallone. He has to act in the beginning of the film. We... We see him struggle with physical issues such as hypothermia. It's not easy wearing a t-shirt in the snow. I don't know if you, any of you have ever done it. But he burns $3 million to stay warm. Because the people in the film realise we can't just have him run around in a t-shirt. We have to show him getting warm as well. He uses all resources of the mountain. Killing people with stalagmites and stalactites. It covers geology, geography, science, action, mental health issues. 
all done with class. And not only that, there's an essence of Britishness in it, as I've already expressed. We would not have the love interest for Carol Jackson, also known as Dirty Dan, without Cliffhanger. Thank you, Your Honour, for listening, and I think I've made my case. Thank you, Mark. I am going to uh, deliberate, and I will come back to you. And please feel free to talk among yourselves. I, I will return shortly. Is there a soundtrack, soundtrack to any of your films? Is this a soundtrack competition? <laughs> it's all part of the. It's all part of the journey, Mark. So, is Over the Top the greatest alone soundtrack outside of Rocky Rambo, etc., etc.? Outside of Rocky, yes. Over the Top is the greatest alone soundtrack. Outside of Rocky, yes. You couldn't be any more wrong. It's quite clearly, without a doubt, daylight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the theme tune to lock up. But other than that, over the top. I mean, look, the, the reality of it is, is that they made they made over the top for rednecks and that was their market. And they made <laughs> and they made Tango and Cash for racist people that didn't want to watch Lethal Weapon. That's the reality of it. <laughs> That's it. That's the truth. And that was the film industry of its time. <laughs> oh dear oh dear brilliant well I get the feeling that I've been outnumbered here but the, the one <laughs> but the one thing I will say is for every, all of you to go and watch the free films if you haven't and tweet us with your um, your opinions because um, oh, sorry and Ralph's back sorry sorry David Thank you very much. Um, I have taken the facts that you've provided for your cases into deliberation. And I have decided that none of you have made a case strong enough for me to make a decision. And I think the only fair way of doing this is to have a jury. So I am going to put this out on our social medias, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook for a public vote. I think that's the only way to do it. Um, thank you very much. I'm just going to go and have a cream cheese and salmon bagel i appreciate the fact that uh, you all participated and and let me oversee this in fact it's the first time you've actually ever seen me in a legal light and, and I, I i like that thank you no thank thank you judge we appreciate it well there we go boys so we'll have to put it up for vote well i'm i'm, I'm that makes me more confident makes you more confident i i mean basically yeah, yeah. I, i've already said that you've you've frequented the words bastard and you slagged off a film about mental health. I actually think you might get kicked <laughs> off on social media. I don't you got any hope whatsoever. In fact, I think people, I think people are going to ask you if you voted Trump. <laughs> David, with all due respect, I think you're relying on the the troll vote. Yeah, the troll. I think that's the. <laughs> that's the... <laughs> how many how many Kevin Karens and Beckys can he find <laughs> if, there, if there is a groundswell of people that just want to warp the results because they think it's amusing <laughs> do you know what we're going to have to do this exciting we're going to revisit this dynamic court case in, 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 in future episode, maybe like five, six, seven, eight episodes down the line, and we'll do it for Van Damme movies. What do you reckon? It's going to be hard for me to not to knock a Van Damme film. 
but that is definitely something I'm going to look forward to. So what's our next episode then, lads? Uh, we're going to be running through uh, some of our favourite movie quotes. Well, that's going to stimulate some interesting conversation. Because um, I, I know that our movie quotes generally are quotes that we like, not because they're moving or uplifting, but just basically because they crack us up. That's, that's generally going to be the direction that most of them will be in. Thoroughly enjoyed that, lads. A fantastic episode. Moving on to the next one. So, just to confirm to the listener, we have now released six episodes. So, the next episode is just a click away. Our first six episodes have all been released. So, you can follow through straight after this one. And we will be going bi-weekly. The show will be bi-weekly as of the 14th of May. Now, if you want to interact with us between now and the 14th of May or on all any of the shows that you've listened to so far, best way to do that is via social media. Uh, let us give you those social media handles. Uh, David, what's the Twitter? Yep, the Twitter handle is at blokeswatchmov1. I invite all feedback, banter, criticism of Danny Dyer, any, any, anything movie-related, anything humorous-related to movies, get in touch with us. I look forward to it. And if you want to have longer-form arguments on Facebook, you'll be able to find us at Blokes Watch Movies. And our Instagram handle is Blokes Watch Movies. That will be all images of ourselves, anything that we're going to be discussing, and David's constantly evolving top 10 movies. So thank you for taking the time for listening. We really appreciate it. Please do get in touch with any positive or negative feedback because we want to make your listening experience as pleasurable as possible. And if we don't like what we're saying, at least we can have a go back at you. Lads, it's been a pleasure as always. Love you guys to bits. Blokes Watch Movies out. Love you too, man. Best of luck, gentlemen. Blokes Watch Movies out. Take care.